there are very few people who are not who who are on insulin who are not impacted by how insanely high the prices are at list price. That was George Huntley. George has type one diabetes, is a former chair of the board at the American Diabetes Association, and a longtime diabetes patient advocate. He's also our guest on today's AFPA Patient Access Podcast. I'm Ryan Gooch. George, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. George, I want to start with a topic that's been making headlines lately, uh, insulin prices. Let's take a listen to a clip from a January Capitol Hill hearing that will help set up my question. In everything my family does, we think first of the cost of Hunter's insulin. We don't eat out. I don't turn on the heat in our home. I play a risky game with my utility bills, strategizing how long I can go before paying the past due fees. Our electricity was turned off because I needed to purchase the medicine that keeps my son alive. Almost every dollar I make goes towards health expenses. That was Kathy Sego describing her family's financial sacrifices so they can afford insulin for her son, Hunter, a person living with type 1 diabetes. How common do you think the situation that Kathy describes is for, for your friends and folks that you know that have type 1 or type 2 diabetes and they're yeah. on insulin? Sadly, it is very common. It, I hear this all the time and it's, you, you read about it in the papers. You have, you know, there, there are very few people who are, not, who, who are on insulin who are not impacted by how insanely high the prices are at list price. So, George, in her testimony, Kathy also talks about her son's insulin cost at $1,700 a month, um, and that's with insurance. So that's clearly an unaffordable amount for many Americans. Can you share why this matters and why this is such an important topic? Well, absolutely. It, you know, first off, I mean, who can afford $1,700 as an extra bill every month? Uh, that's – some people can and they're fortunate, but many, many, many cannot. Insulin is a drug that you need to survive. Um, it is a disease that is a 24-7 management um, situation. So you, you have to manage your disease. You have to manage your blood sugar Take the right amount of insulin, check your blood sugar constantly, and make adjustments throughout the day. Uh, you never get a day off. You really don't get an hour off. You have to be careful even while you're sleeping. The ramifications of not taking your insulin, not managing your diabetes, are quite serious and quite expensive. So you're looking at two to four times more likely to have a heart attack or a stroke. It's the leading cause of blindness. Um, it is one of the leading causes of kidney failure. If you go to a dialysis ward, you will see a bunch of people with diabetes in the dialysis ward. If you're a person living with type 1 diabetes, insulin is not an optional medication. Uh, absolutely not. It is not an option at all. Um, and um, taking anything less than what you need is a, is a serious problem. It's a serious problem. So when in Washington today, we hear a lot about you know, the, the rising cost of, of prescription drugs. And I know that the, the National Diabetes Voluntary Leadership Council, your organization, has really taken the lead um, in the insulin space to explain to the public, to employers, to policymakers, why insulin prices keep going up. Can you share your take on the players in this entire, in the, in the kind of insulin supply chain 
and uh, define their roles for us and maybe talk about something that's uh, being talked about more now, which is, is rebates. Sure. I, I'd be happy to, cause it's uh, it's a, it's a, major issue is causing the the prices to be where they are. So the major players, and I'll, I'll talk about three of them. There's a couple other side players, but the three big players here, one are obviously the pharmaceutical company making the insulin. There's the insurance company that has the, has the plan or the employer if in a self-insured plan. And there's this guy in the middle called a pharmacy benefit manager. Now the pharmacy benefit manager is hired by the insurance company or the employer in a self-insured plan to create that formulary. That, that pharmacy benefit manager's job is to decide what drugs that insurance plan is going to cover. And so what they've started to do, uh, specifically in, in the past decade, is they started to add rebates into their negotiations. Instead of negotiating simply on which is the best price net cost for that plan, which is what you would think their job would be, they actually started charging a fee to have access to the formulary. What's interesting, George, is that I think in this debate about high cost of drugs, you hear the pharmaceutical company's argument and then you hear the health plan's argument. And what you've introduced here is that there's this, this middleman, this PBM, this pharmacy benefit manager, that I think if you'd asked 99% of Americans, they wouldn't even realize that something like that exists. But what you're saying is that they play an important role in this whole supply chain. They're driving the bus, um, and they've created this situation. Jesse Bushman of, of JDRF, and we actually, uh, NDVLC, and, and we and JDRF partner on this education initiative for employers. And he he talks about, uh, you know, these these players are like kids on the merry-go-round. It, it, back in your 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 elementary school days, and they're you're in the you're 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 all running around and making things go really fast, and and you're afraid to jump off because you're going too fast, and there's asphalt underneath. So if you fall off, you're going to skin your knee and they're all afraid to get off. Um, this, this is a train that can't stop unless, unless everybody gets a stops and gets off at the same time. And these guys are really driving this bus uh, because they found a way to make money off of every transaction. So one counter argument uh, that you hear from the pharmacy benefit managers is that, in fact, I saw a tweet on this the other day. They'll say something to the effect of, well, if you get rid of the rebate structure or the rebate programs, then premiums are going to increase significantly. And there's also going to be a huge burden on taxpayers. What is your response to, to that argument? Um, it's a little bit of a false argument because what you're really doing, yes, premiums are going to increase ever so slightly. Okay. First off, this, the current system, what the employer and the insurance company are saying is they're taking all of these rebates and they're keeping the overall price down from a premium perspective for the whole population. But what they're really doing is they're letting the chronically ill and sick subsidize the healthy, which is exactly the opposite of how insurance is supposed to work. So uh, let's get back to the patient because at, you know at AFPA, Everything that we do is is focused on what the patient experience is. So tell me, George, how are diabetes patients affected by everything that we're talking about here? Well, I mean, they're scared. 
so it's just it's a situation where the, the patient population feels like they're being held for ransom by the entire system, the drug companies, the middlemen, the insurance companies, and they don't necessarily understand it. And frankly, they shouldn't have to. The thing should just work. George, how many people do you think are actually rationing their insulin, and what's the effect of that? There was a, a group at a Yale, a Yale um, clinic um, did a study. One in four of the patients at that clinic uh, were rationing their their insulin. I mean, that's a, that's a crazy number. Rationing it is, you know, leads to health issues leads to anxiety issues. There's just all kinds of problems that come out of that. Let's transition to a Trump administration policy for our last uh, topic here. So Alex Azar, who is the Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services, recently proposed a major policy change that would basically eliminate this rebate program we've been talking about. What are your thoughts on this proposal and, and what do you hear from the diabetes patient community about it? Well, the short, short version is awesome. Uh, no, we're we're very excited by that. That is exactly what we've been um, you know advocating for for years. Apparently, there was a built into a law in 2003 that the these rebates were exempted from the RICO Act, and therefore all of this game has been legal, and nobody can challenge it as a kickback. Um, with this proposal, it would be removed. As a corollary to that, uh, earlier this month, a bill was uh, put forth in the Senate uh, that would make the same, has basically a mirrored language uh, for the commercial market. So if both of those things pass and become, you know, become active, um, it would eliminate this problem altogether. It's funny that, you know, throughout this entire conversation, there are two people that I don't hear you mention much, uh, George, and there's probably a reason for this, but... We don't hear the word patient and we don't hear the word doctor. Correct. Um, those two people are being left outside. They, they, they're, they're, out, they're not on the merry-go-round. They're, on, they're, they're, in the, they're outside the fence of the playground looking in, trying to figure out why they can't play. They can't even get on the swing set. So, George, I just, first of all, I want to thank you for helping cover a very complicated topic. I mean, I think that a lot of Americans today are very confused by what they hear. I mean, I think they hear that there are skyrocketing costs in terms of pharmaceutical products and there's a blame game that's going on. But uh, we really appreciate your perspective and helping shed some light on on this really complicated process. So thank you for, for your thoughts today. Well, thank you for having me. We typically end each podcast with a lightning round of questions. So we, we <laughs> want to do maybe 20 seconds and one sentence or so to answer each of the following questions. So I'm going to shoot these at you real quick, okay? Okay. All right. What's the last podcast, movie, or book that you downloaded? Uh, it would be a book uh, called Game Changer by Richard Douglas. It's kind of a My Michael Crichton-like uh, taking a sci-fi a little bit to the next level. It's good stuff. You travel a lot talking about diabetes and its impact on Americans. What's the most common fact about diabetes that you find people don't know? They don't realize that it's not the patient's fault that they're sick. That's the number one, especially in type two. Scuba diving or skydiving? Neither, but scuba. I would rather do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, George, do you have a hidden talent? Uh, I am actually a singer-songwriter, and I have five albums up on iTunes and Amazon and digital distribution. George, thanks again for being our guest today on AFPA's Patient Access Podcast. 
It's been a pleasure. And I think we'll outro with one of your songs. So we're looking forward to that. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks a lot. I've been, it's been a pleasure, Ryan. Little Sarah loved to play by the stream Hair tied up in pigtails and her heart tied up in dreams Just like any child of ten Her life was simple, full of hope and promise then And her smile can light the darkest night As she marvels at a butterfly in flight